Welcome to week 57, all the balls. Jake Platter, Justin Miller. How you doing tonight, Jake? I'm great. End of a, almost end of a work week. Well, again, wish the weekends were longer. Well, before wish we... there was more football. Before we do get the show officially started, there's a game going on right now. Jake, who's winning? Cincinnati, Jacksonville. Cincinnati all day. Wait, wait, wait. Cincinnati all day. Where are we? I look like Andy Dalton a little bit. I'm not wearing any anything too fancy, but I'm going with Jacksonville in this game. We're going to start off the week one and uh, take the plus seven and a half. Dude, you're, no. They're already driving down the field. DJ Chark's it's already off. It's third and eight right now. DJ Chark's off to a phenomenal start. Yeah, he's carted off. Yeah, DJ Chark got carted off the field for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Probably the number one receiver right Some now. Some people say Jaguars. The Jaguars, Maguire. Some people say that. But um, yeah, third and eight right now, so we'll keep you updated. Hopefully Trevor Lawrence can convert this third down. We're not doing color on the game, though. And it's incomplete. All right, so Jackson was about to put the ball away to Cincinnati, and we'll keep you informed with that. We'll keep you informed with the Red Sox game. Currently 3-1 to one right now. Orioles are winning, which is a must-win situation for the Boston Red Sox tonight, unless they want to lose two out of three games to the Baltimore Orioles, which would be really bad if they want to actually have a chance to make the wild card game this season. But we have a lot of stuff to talk about. For those of you that do know, Patriots did not look too good this past week, Jake. Am I right? Some people named Jake Platter would say I called it, but I wouldn't. Um, it, you know, it was a hard loss. Um, the Saints are, you know, veteran-led team. They got good guys on the defensive end. Tom, I was just, you know, that's it was something I expected to happen. We got a young team. I think our play calling is atrocious. Um, it's very easy to defend against us and, and shut us down, so... I saw the game going this way, and it did. Did you think it would be that much of a blowout? Yes, I did. I really did. Um, I I didn't think they'd like I necessarily double us up. I didn't have like a score in my mind, but I didn't think it'd be a close game. Yeah, I mean, I going into the season, going into the game, I had the Patriots winning, and going into this Tampa Bay game, I thought it'd be a, a realistic chance it could be two and one, maybe three and zero going into the game. And now you're looking at it, and New England and Tampa Bay are both coming off losses. You probably didn't expect that to happen, both these teams coming off losses well, the, going the, into week the, four. The Bucks played a little bit of a better team than, than most. Yeah, I mean, they, they obviously played a good Rams team, a Rams team that's undefeated. But now we'll talk about the Patriots-Buccaneers matchup towards the end of the show as we're making our predictions. But now for the three ups and three downs, Jake, I don't think you have too many ups for this week, do you? Um, I have one up that... Is it up? I, eh, I guess. I mean, there's not much to take away from this game from a positive standpoint. The only thing I said, the was, offensive line was bad. Whatever, man. That's not enough. The offensive line was bad. It's not enough. The only thing I thought that was semi-positive is the picks weren't really Max' fault. A lot of balls were coming off receivers' hands and then bouncing into other people's hands. They were getting tipped up. The last thing you're supposed to do as a receiver is tip the ball up in the what, air. You're talking about Johnny Smith. Johnny Smith. The other someone else did it too. It bounced through his hands and went to the the defensive player. So the picks weren't really Max' fault. Um, that's but either the, way. You can't throw three interceptions. That's yet. like 100 percent the only positive I had from this is that you know a ball coming off a receiver's hands on a good throw is not his fault, but. That's the only positive I have is that Matt, it wasn't really Max' fault. All right, let's start with the ups. Then. So that's your positive. That's the only thing I have. To Since say. we're doing three up, three down, I had to go with three ups. Three ups. Number one for me got to be Kendrick Bourne. If you look at this from a production standpoint, Kendrick Bourne almost had a hundred yards in the game. And if you're saying three ups, Kendrick Bourne was good in this game. He made Whatever. that catch that he made was very tough. You see that touchdown that he made? Yeah. 
Kendrick Bourne finally had his first good game in a New England Patriots uniform, but besides from that, there wasn't too much to take away. Kendrick Bourne, I believe, had 94 yards in this game, seven catches. So he's up number one. Up number two for me, Devon Godchuck had a pretty good game. The defensive tackle they acquired from the Miami Dolphins. What, you don't like him? Our defense did not do very good. Godchuck had a good game, though. Pressure in the quarterback. He was very good. Yeah, how do you do against stopping the run? Yeah, but nobody did. You got to do three ups. So Godchuck was the best there was besides two else. Lawrence Guy, Dietrich Wise, Chase Winovich. I mean, overall, it was a bad game, but Davon Godchuck, for what he did, it was his first good game in a Patriots uniform. And up number three for me, Matthew Judon just continues to look pretty good every week. Again, a lot of pressure on the quarterback, got another sack in this game. And overall, going into the year, I thought he'd be the best defensive player on the team. And I think right now, if I had to say, I think Judon's been the best Patriot on the defensive side of the ball. Well, let's wait for Gilmore to come back um, before we say who the best defensive player on the team is. But... Yeah, he looked decent. I mean, the, the defense was okay at times, but obviously, you know, you can't expect them to shut out the other team. But what, what was it, like 28? 28, 28 yeah, 28. 28's too much for us to win the game. So I wasn't super excited about that. I don't think, I mean, overall, they weren't that good. There were a couple, they, they had a punt to the Patriots, I believe, two or three consecutive times. Matt Jones and the offense yeah, had a chance to go down the decent. field, and they just couldn't produce points. And the running game for the Patriots was pretty non-existent in this game. You know, Horrible. You know who the leading rusher was? Mac Jones. Yeah, Mac Jones. And that can't happen. That's not going to result in Especially a quarterback that isn't mobile. Yeah. Like, if, you want, if you want Mac Jones to lead the team in rushing, you're looking for losses week after week after week after week. And other bad news from this game, James White's now out for the season. He is out. That was one of my downs, the, the White injury. All right, so that's your first down? Well, sure. One of the three. It was my second, but it'll be my first now. Um... Yeah, the white injury. I mean, this guy, I think he's been on my ups every week so far. He's been great. Yeah, he's been fantastic. He's been a huge part of the offense. He's getting like almost 10 touches. Um, so I, it, it, this is a hard loss, especially when you – know, can I move to my second down also? Yeah, so James White. Yeah, yeah that's not one of my downs, but obviously That was one of my news. downs, but it leads to one of my other downs. The play calling is pissing me off, like really bad. Like I, I really – every week I'm stressing the same thing, and I don't know how it's, it's not obvious that this needs to change. The, we're, we're the most one-dimensional offense in the league. Like what was the point of telling Cam that he wasn't going to be the starter anymore if we were just going to run the ball and dump it low every single time? Like Mac has an arm. Why aren't we using it? And now with James White out, I'm hoping that it changes a little bit because we don't have, you know, a guy that we can just throw to – you know, consistently underneath, unless you want to say Damien Harris can catch the ball, but he's not that good at it. Um, and he's a terrible block. Yeah, pass so protection, like, pass so the, the offense needs to change. Like, between the white injury and just the fact that this is not working, it's terrible. We scored 17 against the Jets, and we won, like, or what did we score? 25? I mean, technically, the offense scored 17. Right. 18. Yeah, we, so the, the offense got 18 against the Jets. So it's, it's, it's a huge disappointment for me so far. I'm, I'm sick of the damn play calling. It's pissing me off. So that was one of your downs? Yeah. I mean, yeah, that wasn't one of my downs for me. But the thing is, after two games, the fans are talking. Let Mac Jones air the ball out. And through fir- the first two games of the season, he really did not air the ball out at all. And then you go into week three, and Mac Jones, he was throwing some of these lobs towards the end zone. But sometimes Jones throwing the ball, and there's nobody in the area to get the ball. So if Josh McDaniels wants to call a good game, figure out what's going to happen before. Because right now... Throughout three games, it really does look pretty bad. Honestly, we're going to talk about the, the Pats-Bucks game coming up, but I think this is a game where you should just try everything you can because this is not a winnable game in my mind. So that starts with the offensive line. I would really love to see the Patriots just try everything against this team because if they can get something to work against Tampa Bay, it's probably going to work against another team too. 
Yeah, the offensive line's been really bad, too. And if you want pass protection, like you said, we'll go to the Tampa Bay game soon. But the pass protection has to be very good for the Patriots in this game because Mac Jones has not had a lot of time to throw at all this season. And for a rookie quarterback, you're going to need a good offensive line. And right now, it's been bad. But moving on to the three downs, I didn't do it in any particular order. But for me, Mac Jones is on the downside. Again, he didn't have a terrible game. But again, three interceptions. Two of them really weren't his fault. One went off Johnny Smith. One of them he kind of just threw to the end zone because it was the end of the half, and one was kind of a bad pass. But Mac Jones was off target with a lot of his throws in this game. Besides that, again, he didn't have a lot of time. But Mac Jones needs to be better, especially against a Tampa Bay team that's coming in this week, yeah. one of the better defenses in the league. Whatever. Down number two for me, got to be Johnny Smith. One of the worst games for a tight ends in recent yeah, it was memory. So bad. Everything he did was pretty bad. I mean, the ball he didn't catch at the start of the third quarter. Two or three other passes that Johnny the Smith usually up makes. For the interception. Yeah, the first play after the halftime. The first play after halftime. You can't do that. And then he dropped about three or four more balls in this game. His pass protection was bad. And for a guy that they paid this much money, for him to not be producing like they need him to be is pretty bad. It's definitely bad. I mean, everyone says the Patriots offense is like very difficult to figure out and whatever. So give him a little bit of time. Because I, mean, I think he's shown flashes that he's talented as well. Um, but... They paid yeah, these two you, tight ends so much you money. You can't do that. Hunter Henry's been worse in my mind. Yeah, they both haven't been that good, and they've combined for zero touchdowns. You know Gronkowski, what he has? He already got four. Yep. So that's it starts with the tight ends, the offensive line. It's all been pretty bad for the Patriots so far. But then moving on to down number three for me, and a lot of times you don't talk about special teams, but knowing Bill Belichick, he prides his team on special teams every season. And to me, the Patriots punter Jake Bailey did not have a good game whatsoever. He got blocked, but Jake, you don't really blame the punter for a block. No, I mean, that's unusual to see a special team for the Patriots. That was the first block of his career. Yeah, I think it's the first time the Patriots have got a punt block since 2015 or something, which was very unusual. But again, going back to that, it's not all his fault. He didn't get the ball away in time because the blocking was bad. But he punted two balls out of bounds. A lot of his punts were just very bad in this game. Another, the kickoff at the 40-yard line, that was yeah, Jake and Bailey, the, too. Yeah, the one he kicked out of bounds, right? Yeah, so yeah, starting at the 40-yard line. So overall, it was not a great game for the special teams. And a lot of that, I have to, unfortunately, put some of the blame on Jake Bailey. And those are my three downs for the game. Jake, did you have another one, or was that three? I did. I, I mean, I get that, you know, Kamara is one of the best running backs in the game. But you've got to stop the run game better. And the Patriots' defense has been a little better. But I think just with... You know, the offense being so poor in this game, it um, it really just, you know, deflated our defense, too. And, and nobody was really playing that well as far as stopping the run game went. There can't be a lot of positives. If you look at it from a game like this, that the Patriots, they lose week one, they win week two, but that's a game that they're supposed to win and they have to win. And now you go into week three against a Saints team that's, they're not the best team, one of the better teams in the NFC, especially I now. I think they're decent. Drew they're not, like, fantastic. Yeah, but they're not a great team. And it's they're a, game they're a potential playoff team. And yeah, they are, they are. They're definitely on the outside looking in. I believe I had them like eight or nine or something like that in the NFC. But right now, they're playing decent football, and it's going to be interesting to see where they end up at the end of the season. But Jake, so that's the thought so far on the Patriots season, the Patriots week three loss. But now just looking back at the week, week three football, there were a lot of interesting things that happened. Anything in your mind that stands out in particularly looking back at the games? Yeah. Um, I think Jacoby Brissett is a better quarterback than Tua Tagovailoa. No doubt in my mind. Um, that is definitely one for me. I mean, like, the the Raiders have looked pretty pretty good so far this year. Like, I get— they haven't the, lost yet. Yeah, the competition hasn't been amazing, but they beat Baltimore. And um, who was the other team they beat? Um, they beat Baltimore, then they beat um, the Steelers, I think. Yeah, they beat Baltimore and they beat the Steelers. And then yeah, I get, you know, Miami is probably the worst of those three teams. And they took them to overtime. And, you know, the Raiders won the game. But Jacoby Brissett did a great job. And Will Fuller got hurt. So, 
I mean, he's he's not doing. He doesn't have everything at his disposal. Um, Cincinnati Bengals just missed a field goal for those of you that are looked, watching the game. It, you know, he looked pretty good to me. I'm, I'm impressed with Brissett. Oh, yeah. Brissett looked very good. Um, you real quickly, these comments. I don't know why all 11 comments just came in at once. But um, what's wrong with Tom's voice, my mom says. He has a cold. Maybe COVID. Hopefully not. Matt Doran says Johnny Smith was so underwhelming. No doubt about that, Matt. Chad says Trent Brown should be back soon. That would be huge for our offensive line. Yeah, Trent Brown has been hurt for most of the season for the Patriots. So that hasn't looked good. And then um, Courtney says, Justin Miller, what's up? And then Madison Atardo with her first comment of the show. Thank you for finally joining in, Madison, on week 57. We really she said, appreciate it. hi. Hi. Very impactful comment. Yeah, really. Thank, thanks for listening, everybody. But, um, yeah, going back to week three, I mean, looking at the games, there weren't any, at least the 1 o'clock games weren't too great, in my opinion. The Chargers-Chiefs game is pretty entertaining that Justin Herbert has looked very good against Kansas City in every game. The last time they played it, it came down right to the end. So so Herbert's looked very good every time he's played them. Again, um, no surprise that the Jets didn't score any points this week. Like you already talked about the Raiders. I'm more interested in what happened in the 4 o'clock window because there were some more surprises, there were in my some opinion. Good games. The Vikings beating the Seahawks, we both didn't expect that to happen. No. Russell Wilson on the road has Without, obviously not been uh, as good. Galvin. Yeah, no Dalvin Cook. And when Madison rushed for over 100 yards, I believe. Yeah. And then, again, we didn't have we didn't have Tampa Bay winning. But, again, you got to give credit where credit's due to L.A. and what Matthew Stafford's done I so did. far. And, again, Cooper Cup. Did Cuff, I have Tampa Bay winning? No, I'm saying we both didn't have Tampa Bay losing. Oh. So, yeah. And then um, Cooper Cup leads the league in receiving yards after I looked, three. I looked. He has um, four-something. No, like 374, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, 374. And then... Um, that was definitely crazy news. And he has four touchdowns. Does he really? Oh, yeah, yeah. He got two this week. And then, you know what else was pretty outstanding from this week? you got to mention Justin Tucker. I mean, 66 that, yards. That record, that's pretty crazy. I, I don't know when that thing's ever going to get broken now. Like He might break it if he's like there were it. There were a lot of people like pushing for that 66 mark, but Tucker did it. And you see his little like crow hop that he did to, yeah. to get... The, the extra boost there. He knew it was going in. Hit, he hit the middle bar. It went up and dropped in. Like the, You're never going to see that again. He knew it was that going That was incredible. In I mean, it's Justin Tuck. He's probably the best kicker in history, him and Vinatieri. I think he probably just did it for himself. He's not, he, there were like five guys that tied for 65, right? And now, now there's one that has 66. Yeah, and who cares that it went off the friggin' post? I mean, no, it went in. It went, it went in. in either way. So that's, no help. It went in. Prater attempted a 68. That didn't go through. Yeah, it wasn't even that close. No, it got returned. <laughs> yeah, that was a... Who it was got, that? It got housed. That was his second return of the season, that guy. But talking about big kicks, another big kick this week, obviously, Sunday Night Football. Got to give it up to Mason Crosby and the Arizona... I mean, the Arizona. Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers because... What, what did he have? 37 seconds left when that drive was going Yeah, down? unreal. And Devontae Adams made some good catches. Rodgers obviously made some good throws. And I wasn't expecting San Francisco to put up that much of a fight, but they didn't look too bad. They didn't look too bad. And, you know, it was a bit of a nail-biter. Um, it seems like all the, the primetime games have been pretty good, except for uh, the second half of that Detroit game. The second um, half, oh, yeah. Yeah, well, they, they were winning at halftime. But um, Detroit hasn't looked too bad. Yeah, Green Bay, Green Bay looks like they've woken up a little bit after week one. So, yeah, I mean, Rodgers was unhappy, and then now he's going back to the Yeah, they had thing. some kind of pep talk, supposedly. And then what was the Monday night? Oh, then the Monday night game, obviously. Philadelphia didn't put up too much of a fight against Dallas. No, I knew they wouldn't. Dallas, Dallas looks pretty good so far, though. Again, Dallas, look, their offense is great. Their defense is actually pretty good. Trayvon, Trayvon Diggs, Diggs is great. Trayvon Diggs has been awesome so far for them. So Dallas looks very good this season. The Eagles don't look that good. But besides that, I'm trying to think anything else that surprising from the week. Oh, we got to talk about who did what. Me and Jake disagreed on two games. 
Jake obviously got the Patriots game like you bragged about at the beginning of the show. And then the Giants-Falcons game we also disagreed on. So thank God for Young Wei Ku or whatever the hell his yeah, name young, is. Young Ho. Because the Atlanta Falcons won that game 17-14. What's up with the football game? But um, yeah, besides that, those were the only, the only two games that we disagreed on. Young Ho Ku. Jake, you see that kick? Yeah, I did. I was like, damn. So after, after three weeks, Jake still has a four-win four advantage of me on the, in the standings. What'd I do? Nothing. You didn't do anything. That's what I do. I, uh. I am the leader. I am the best. Yeah, so that was the, most of the week three headlines. Week four, we definitely have some interesting games coming up. But besides from that, I think we covered about everything. We a boot. A boot. A boot? A boot. For those of you wondering what's going on with the Jacksonville-Cincinnati game, currently 0-0. In the first quarter. Jacksonville in enemy territory. Trevor Lawrence is driving, though, and he's going back to pass, and, and he's scrambling. He's running the wrong way. You better throw it away. But, yeah, Jacksonville, Cincinnati, 0-0. Red Sox currently down 3-1 to right now to the Baltimore Orioles, so we'll keep you updated with that. The Warri- a- if the Warriors can blow a 3-1 lead, so can Baltimore. Aideen's commenting. Go Pats. What's up, Aideen? First, first time seeing you on the show, so thank you for listening. Early picks for MVP. Who said that? Ethan Butt? Ethan Butt. Kyler Murray. Yeah, for me, it's Kyler. Um, I think he's fantastic. He didn't look fan- he didn't look you know incredible against Jacksonville, but I I mean recency bias aside, like the first couple weeks he's been incredible, and then you know kind of sneaky. I think Justin Herbert has been pretty pretty dang good. Um, Who do you think's the top three? Br- gonna, Brady got to be in there. Yeah, I'm gonna say it's Kyler, and then no, nah, I don't know if Brady's in there. Yeah, well actually I'm gonna t- I'm gonna say Herbert's not in there. I'm gonna go with Kyler and then Stafford. And then Brady. So all QBs? Yeah, definitely. Unless you want to say Cooper Cup is better than Stafford. No way. Oh, you said, if, yeah. But besides from that, I mean, Kalamari, what's he have? I think he has nine touchdowns in total. Well, counting he, rushing. He has like seven passing, three picks, a couple rushing touchdowns. Um, la- before last week, he was like second in the league in yards. It's ridiculous. Yeah, so Ethan, to answer your question, if I had to pick one guy yeah, right now, probably Kyler. probably Kalamari for what he's done. And especially there. And then, three you and know, I don't want to like, you know, you know, Say nothing about Derek Carr. So Derek Carr's been great. He God. might he might be in there too. Derek Carr's had a good. But season. I think I think right now it's Kyler. You know who leads the league in passing yards too, right? Derek now? Carr. Yes, Derek Carr. So again, usually a quarterback, most likely will be a quarterback. Kyler Murray's been great. There's been a lot of good quarterbacks, but we'll see after week four what's going on. All right, so we'll talk about more football at the end of the show. Jake, for the last time, moving to baseball, the MLB. This is our last show before the season officially ends because the season is over on Sunday, and right now. We almost know all the teams that are in the playoffs, but there's still a little bit of sorting out to do. So starting with the, you know, we'll start with the National League this time because we always start with the American League. They're, maybe, they're probably getting upset at us. So starting with the National League. Who's the, getting upset? The American League. All the teams. Okay. So starting with the National League, the NL East, the Braves and Phillies came into the series. Braves were up two and a half games. Braves took the first two. If the Phillies do win tonight, it'll be three and a half. This series, this division's over. Definitely. The Braves have won the NL East. No matter what happens tonight, it's not going to matter. The NL Central, obviously the Milwaukee Brewers clinched about four or five nights ago, I believe it was. But you got to give it up for what the St. Louis Cardinals did. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're still fighting for the lives, aren't they? No, they're, they're officially into the wild card game. Right, but they, they could, they're still fighting for that. They're not like... No, like, you mean fighting for a home field? Yeah. No, because it will be the Dodgers or the Giants. Oh, okay. Like, they're officially... They're, they officially... Is that James the, Robinson? Yeah, let's go. Are they officially the road team? Um, is there anyone? Oh yeah, else, yeah. Is there anyone else that can get in? No, it's officially the Cardinals against the Giants. Everyone's else is done. Okay. So the Cardinals are in, but that seventeen game winning streak did end last night. Yep. Four to nothing. But um, 
that's incredible that a team like St. Louis going into the season, they had middle of the pack expectations. And then I saw them with my dad in Atlanta about a couple months ago and they were still 500. They were 500 for pretty much the whole season. And then they go on a massive 17 game winning streak, which was the third longest of the century, which is pretty crazy. That's crazy. And now they got themselves in the wild card game, most likely against the Dodgers, which is going to be next Wednesday night. So that's going to be incredible. And you never know what's going to happen going with that. And then moving on to the NL West right now, again, the Giants have a two-game lead on the Dodgers with four games to go. So most likely, the Giants are going to wrap up that division. But again, officially, the Dodgers are still in contention to win the NL I liked, West. I liked the Giants. And it looks like the Red Sox are in, are in big trouble because they're down 5-1 to one right now in the bottom of the sixth inning. So right. the Red Sox, Red Sox are in big trouble. They're about to lose two out of three to the Orioles, which is not good. Moving on to the American like League. clean sweep. Jake, this isn't good. Moving on to oh the American God. League. What? Richards sucks. He just threw one in the dirt. Moving on to the American League. Tampa Bay Rays already clinched the AL East. And for, Yankees. Yeah, for those of you in the wild card race, the Yankees are 8 out, 9 out of the division. So the East is over. The Central is over. The White Sox already won that. And Houston is pretty much wrapped up the West. So the only thing that matters, as you guys know, is the wild card. And Jake, right now, the Red Sox could officially be out of the wild card contention if they lose tonight and Toronto wins. They'll be tied for the second wild card, which right now... Who's got the tiebreaker? The Red Sox have the tiebreaker with everyone. Oh, sweet. But that's, that's what the Red Sox have going for them right now. But I said going into the Orioles series that the Red Sox need to win at least four out of six against the Orioles and Nationals. They and ain't doing it. And it looks like they're going to lose two out of three here. So they're going to have to pretty sweep. much sweep the Nationals. If they win two out of three again, don't get me wrong, they still have a chance. But they're down six to one right now, and just things aren't looking good. Wave so goodbye. I'm not waving goodbye yet. I'm waving goodbye tonight. But right now, it's Seattle, Toronto, fighting for their lives behind the Red Sox. Jake, who do you think is going to make it? I mean, well, I don't even know the score of the Yankees. I got Jays a, game I got a hold true for Boston here. I mean, I, I think that these other teams are just hoping that Boston loses at this point. But... I don't know. I mean, the Nationals are better than the Orioles, so I really, you know, don't know. Um, if I had to pick one, I would say the Blue Jays. Yeah, so right now the Blue Jays are winning 2-1 to one against the Yankees in the fifth inning. So if that holds, the Mariners currently have the night off. So figuring the Red Sox lose, the Blue Jays and the Red Sox, holy crap. The Blue Jays, Red Sox, and Mariners will all be tied at 89 and 70 at the end of the night. With how many how many games left is that? Three to go. Three, three to go. It'll be a three-way tie. Yeah, so as long as, I mean... And the Yankees will be one up, so it's... Real, realistically... If the Red Sox sweep, they'll make it. One of those teams, if they go 3-0, they will make it, probably. Yeah, I mean, well, if the Red Sox go 3-0, they'll automatically make it because they have the right. tiebreaker. And then the Mariners play, I believe, the Angels, which shouldn't be too hard of a series for them. And then the Rays are playing the Yankees, and the Blue Jays go up against the Orioles. Uh-oh. So we had our chance against the Orioles and we're blowing it. Maybe the Orioles will stay hot and, and you know take someone else out for us. Who knows? But yeah, things aren't aren't looking good for either either way for the Red Sox, especially losing two out of three of the Orioles. Again, this is our last show before before those wild card games do happen, so we might as well make our predictions. Who's coming out of the American League in the wild card game? I'm, with the tiebreaker going to Boston, I mean it's the, the, they're the safest pick. But if not, I gotta go with the Blue Jays because of, of the matchup they have. But then again, Seattle's got a good matchup, too, against the Angels. I mean, you, you think about it, it's, it's hard to weigh out, but I, I got to just side with Boston and hope that they string a couple games together. If they win two of them, they probably, it's probably enough. Yeah, two should be enough. Again, I didn't see them losing two out of three to this terrible team. But if I have to take my pick who's going to come out of the American League in the wildcard game, 
I hate to say it, it might be the Yankees because I think the Rays are going to rest oh, some guys. Oh, I just meant who's going to be in there against the Yankees. Um, the lineup scares the shit out of me. Th- like a little while ago, didn't I say the Yankees would be in the World Series? Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, I, I don't really care who gets in between. I mean, I do care. I want Boston to get in. But I think the Yankees are going to make the World Series. So I think they're going to win the wild card. Yeah, so Jake's going with the Yankees to win the wild card. I'm going with the Yankees to win the wild card. And then again, moving on to the National League. We know it's going to be the Cardinals. It's probably going to be the Dodgers. And if it is the Dodgers, I don't see them losing that game. It's hard for the Dodgers to lose one game, but that's the best chance anyone has of the Dodgers getting eliminated because... It's only one game. Yeah, it's only one game. And their bullpen is just so incredible that it's really hard to imagine somebody beating them four out of seven times. Yeah, and the thing is right now... With their starting rotation, you could throw Bueller out there. You could throw Kershaw out there. Or you could throw the Cy Young winner. You could throw Scherzer out there. I think he's going to come in second for the Cy Young, but he has a great chance to win it. I think it's going to be Corbin Burns that wins it. But again, either way, if you throw any of those three guys out there, not to mention Julio Urias, who's had a phenomenal season, Uh it's going to be some craziness that goes down either way with that. So moving on, again, the wild card games, Tuesday and Wednesday night, the American League games at 8.08 to be exact. Okay. In the National League games Wednesday, I don't know the time of that. But right now, we got some things to figure out with Friday, Saturday, and Sunday being the last three days of the MLB regular season. And for those of you that are interested, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, the Giants play the Padres in their final series, and the Dodgers play the Brewers, which the Brewers really don't have too much to play for anymore. So the Dodgers should take care of business there. It's going to be interesting, Jake, to see what happens. Very Moving on to something that we have not talked about in a little while. First off, this is a big third and eight for the Cincinnati Bengals. Go Jacksonville. There he goes. Joe Burrow's in trouble right now, and that's a fourth down. All right, so Jacksonville's getting the ball back up 7-0 with 36 seconds to go in the first quarter, which is good news for me. And the Red Sox are still losing 6-1, to so that's bad news for us. <laughs> All right, moving on to something we haven't talked about in a little while. Jake, can you take a guess? Hockey. No. Um, Josh Gordon. Actually, you know what, Jake? You want to talk about hockey right now? Okay. Let's talk about hockey. All right. There's not much hockey to talk about right now, but for those of you that aren't interested, we're going to have a special edition next week because the NHL season starts in less than two weeks. The Bruins are in their third preseason game right now. So Mike Crowdy will be joining the show next week because we need some help with our hockey stuff. I mean, I know, I don't know, I know some players. Jake knows the mascots. But besides Maybe. from that, who do you know? The Philly Fanatic? No, that's baseball. That's wrong. It's the Philly Grounders. Yeah. But we're going to need some help talking hockey next week. So Mike Crowley is going to join us for our NHL season preview. But regarding the Bruins so far, there's not too much to talk about. They've played two, se- two preseason games so far. And I, again, I haven't really watched too many of the games so far. But my, take, my quick takeaways from the Bruins right now. This is a team that's going to be good. There's no doubt about that. And Jake, I'm sure They've you can. Been good for a long time. I'm sure you can say that the Bruins are going to have a good season. Most likely, should be a playoff team. Yeah. But what I take away right now, it's going to be very weird watching this team without Tuka Rask. First of all, because he's getting the surgery done, mm-hmm. and he's not going to be back for a long time. Mm-hmm. So the goalies for the Bruins are going to be Jeremy Swayman and Linus Umark. For I don't know too much about Umark. He played with the Buffalo Sabers because who watches Buffalo Sabers hockey? But the Bruins. From Buffalo. Yeah. No, they're watching the Buffalo Bills these days. But regarding the Bruins, okay. two preseason games two, so far, they've looked good. Again, Bergeron, Marchand, Pasternak, those guys haven't played so far. They are playing tonight. But regarding some of their offseason additions, Eric Hall has looked very good so far. Derek Forbort's looked very good on the defensive line for the Bruins so far. 
And again, this is a team that has high hopes every sing- single season. Whether David Krejci's playing, whether he's in the Czech Republic, whether Tuka Rask is the starting goalie or whether he's not the starting goalie. Yep. This team's going to be good because you know their pride. They got their first line. You got the three better players in the league on that first line. And then again, you still got your defense with McAvoy, Carlo, Grizzik, and a lot of good players on that defensive line. So for me, through two preseason games, the talent's still there for the Bruins. Craig Schmidt's been very good. Like I said, Eric Hall has been a very good addition so far through two preseason games. You like what you've seen from Eric Hall? No, I'm just watching the, the Red Sox actually give up on this game by putting Sauer in. Actually, no outs guy on second, so this could be the start of something we want to see. But yeah, regarding the Bruins, it's only preseason, Jake, but you got to like what you've seen so far because... Ooh, what? DJ Chark, fractured ankle. That could be season-ending. They said indefinite. Wow. All right, but yeah, so regarding the Bruins, I like what I've seen so far. Again, a lot of the regulars that aren't going to be playing during the regular season, a lot of the guys that you'll see on like the Providence Bruins have played so far, a lot of the no-namers. Good. But they've played good hockey so far. The defense has been good, and especially guys that aren't used to seeing the ice on a regular basis playing in these 60 minutes NHL games. It's definitely going to be different for them. And now going into tonight's game, I believe I started with 3-1 to one against the Flyers. They're up 3-1 to one right now. They get the regulars playing. The Bergerons are playing. The Grizzlies are playing. The McAvoys are playing. Awesome, awesome. They have all their starters playing. So, Jake, you got any thoughts on what you've seen so far from the Bruins in their first two preseason games? No. Nothing? Nothing. The skating's good? I, haven't watched. I, didn't know what, I didn't know what started. You like the skating? No. The guys are skating pretty good? No. Come on. But, yeah, again, next week we'll be talking more about this because Mike Craddy will be joining us for our NHL season preview. And Mike Craddy, for those of you that, that nap time. What? When Mike's talking? I let you guys take over and I go take a nap. Hopefully Mike's not listening. Jake will be there for his input on week five's NFL picks. So we'll yeah. have Jake for that. Yeah. But, um, yeah, not much to talk about so far for the Bruins. Again, that's our NHL season preview happening next week. All right, Jake, moving on to something else that we haven't talked about in a long time, and that's college basketball. Oh. You like college basketball? Yeah. A lot? Yeah, it's my favorite. One to ten scale? Eleven. Wow. All right, Jake. So, again, you're probably not too familiar with a lot of that. You know the teams. You know who's in. Yeah. What is there, 261 I think there's like over 300 now. Oh. It's ridiculous. In D1? Yeah, it's ridiculous. They a lot of these teams. They keep adding them every single week, it seems like. But, oh, yeah. Okay. There's a lot of teams. I have the 2016 numbers. Yeah. First and second no outs for the Red Sox right now, so. This would be the chance. With the best player on, on the team at bat, Alex Verdugo. But yeah, Jake, moving to college basketball. I, we haven't talked about it in a little while. I believe there's 42 days to be exact until the college basketball season gets underway. Thanks to John Rothstein. That's the reason why I do know that because every day on Instagram he goes on. He says one team in 30 seconds that he thinks is going to be one of the top 45 in the country. And right now he's at 42. So Wow. So that makes sense. But um, yeah, right now, you got a favorite, Jake? Who's going to cut down the nets? Gonzaga is a good pick. I mean, they they kept some guys from last year and they retooled a little bit. But I'm excited to see that kid in Duke. Oh. I, think, I think Duke's going to be back this year. Paolo Banchero, Banchero. I don't know how you Paolo pronounce Banchero. exactly. You know, it's you know he's going to be like a, a top pick in the NBA draft for sure. But you know, it's always a little concerning to me that. I don't know. Top picks, I, I get a little worrisome. They don't always pan out to be perfect college players. I know Zion was fantastic, but they didn't win the championship. The last one to do it, I'm trying to think, was like Anthony Davis. Like I don't. I think it might have been. Yeah, like that it, actually won so the it championship. Doesn't ha- yeah, it doesn't happen that often, so we'll see. Yeah, so moving on, I wrote down 10 teams that I really like going into the season. Again, there's a lot of teams that I like, but 
We're two of them, what I said. We'll keep it sweet and short and simple. Starting with one of the teams that Jake did mention. Got to go with the Duke Blue Devils. I mean, every team you could say, every year you could say you like this team. This is Coach. Last year. Yeah, last year was very bad. But this is Coach K's last season. It's the farewell season. It's the farewell season for Coach K. He's bringing in one of the best freshmen he's ever brought in. And again, you could say that every year because they bring in great freshmen every season. People are saying this guy is better than Zion. He's better than Anthony Davis. They're saying he's like the best college player since like, what, Durant or something? Yeah, they're saying he's the best in a long, long time. Paolo Banchero, going to be a standout at Duke. And regarding other guys on the team, they still have some holdovers from last year. Mark Williams is a great center. Kind of reminds me of Bam Adebayo a little bit. They're bringing back Wendell Carter, who is re- Wendell Carter. Wendell Carter. <laughs> They're bringing back Wendell Moore, who was very good last season, coming into his third Wendell year with Moore Duke. Jr. And again, this is a team that they're not going to have a bad year unless unless it's last season, like you said, Jake didn't right. make it. But Duke's a team I really like going into the season. Who was the other team you just mentioned? The Zags. Yeah, they weren't on my list for some odd reason because they're going to be nasty. Yeah, they're going to be good. Obviously, they got one of the best front courts to ever man the planet. I, I bet you're excited for UCLA. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll go with that one next because. Jake just said it. UCLA, yeah. How can you not be excited about a team that got to the national championship that brings back every key guy that got to the Final Four, that brings back every key guy that was on that team last season? Because it was a fluke? Yeah, but you think this is going to be a fluke season? What do you think? They're not going to make it? I don't think Tiger Campbell is going to lead them back to the Final Four, if that's what you're asking me. What's he, too small? They're just... It was... I'm not going to call it a fluke. They did a very good job, but... I wouldn't be surprised if they were like a, an hour, like around a 32 out. Like, I wouldn't be surprised at all. This team is going to be insane. But besides from that, yeah, you got Tyler Campbell, Tiger Campbell coming back. Johnny Juzang is going to cement himself this year to be a first-round pick in the draft. Okay. And then Jaime Hawkes had an unbelievable tournament. Jaime. Jaime Hawkes is good. You also bring in a transfer from Rutgers, Miles Johnson, who most likely is going to be the starting center. So UCLA is a team that... You don't have to just look out for. You got to watch every game. You got to tune in. Get the Bruins watch Network package. UCLA game. Okay. They're, they're going to be nasty. Another team that I'm really excited for the Red Sox just got their second run of the game at six to two. So this two wild pitches in the same bat. This game's not over yet. Another another team you got to look out and it for wasn't this season. Salomura. Yeah, well that'd be pretty hard because he's not in yet, is it? Uh no. All right, another team you got to look out for this season. Going back to the ACC, Jake Platter's North Carolina Tar Heels. Again, should have worn that tonight. The first season for Hubbard Davis, Roy Williams is not the coach anymore. If you didn't know, crazy. This is a UNC yeah, team. What was he like ninety? He, I don't know, but he was collapsing on the sideline left and right. Things weren't looking good for Roy Williams. He was leaving games early. He was getting carted to the hospital. He didn't want to be in traffic. No, nah, he was. Yeah, <laughs> they probably have an escort for him. But besides from that, this is the first season without Roy Williams there on the sidelines. And this is a UNC team that I believe is going to be better than Duke this season. They wow. Br- they bring back a lot of key guys, R.J. Davis, Caleb Love, and they bring in some big transfers in that front court. Dawson Garcia comes in from Marquette. They bring Brady Manick from Oklahoma. Who, If you haven't seen Brady Manick, he looks almost identical to Larry Bird. Like, physically? Yeah, Google Brady Manick and you'll see what I'm talking about. But yeah, he looks like Larry Bird. He doesn't play like Larry Bird, but this guy's a white guy that can shoot the hell out of the ball. He's going to help North Carolina this season, and again... This is a UNC team that brings back some key pieces. Name to look out for from the North Carolina Tar Heels is Leaky Black. Ha! Third wild pitch of the inning. Oh, my God, he didn't score. He does look like... Uh, Brady Manick? He does look like Larry Bird. Yeah, he's going to be good. He'll average at least 10 points a game this season for UNC. Show, show the fans. Uh-oh. He looks whiter than Larry Bird there. Yeah, so that's Brady Manick. There he is. You can see it a tiny bit. 
But yeah, UNC is a team to look out for this season. Another team I'm really excited about this season. Again, you can be excited about this team every year, but the Villanova Wildcats, I mean, come you on. You love them. They're not that good. You don't think they're good? No. What, are they going to be a fresh on exit too? No. Probably, they'll probably be a Sweet 16. They did lose Jeremiah Robinson early to the NBA. Yeah. But besides from that, they bring every key guy I know back. Colin Gillespie's the point guard. That drop, 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 drop. Fuck. Shit. All right. Bitch. Football. Um, Colin Gillespie's back. Going to be one of the premier point guards in the country. You bring back Jermaine Samuels from Franklin, Massachusetts, who's a complete stud. Okay. He might actually be an NBA player. Do you know who Jermaine Samuels is? No. Hopefully that was on the first second of the game. But he's a very good player. You bring back Justin Moore and Daniels along the baseline. This is a Villanova team that's going to be phenomenal. Wouldn't be surprised if they're in the Final Four. Jeez. Another team. I'm surprised you- when anyone makes the Final Four. Really? Pretty much. What it's do you hard. mean, Gonzaga? It's hard to do. You think we could do it? Who's we? You and I? The rec team that we played on this Obvi- summer? Obviously, we would make it. Kevin Gary, lead the way. All right. Oregon Ducks are another team that I'm obsessed with. I love them every you season. You love them every year. And the crazy thing about this team is Dana Altman, like John Rothstein used to say, or like he still does say, he's like a freaking Rubik's Cube. He's, he says it after every game. The team just keeps on changing every single season. Players he's like are, a freaking Rubik's Cube? He says that after every time they win. Dana Altman, like a Rubik's Cube. You like Rubik's Cubes? Yeah. They change them. I, I don't really think about players as Rubik's Cubes. But they lose LJ Figueroa. They lose... Chris Duarte, who's going to be a good NBA player. They lose Eugene Amori, and they just get transfers after transfers after transfers every single season. Everybody wants a taste. He's bringing in some good players this year. He's bringing in Kadari Richmond. I mean, not Kadari Richmond, the other guy from Syracuse. He's bringing in Davion Harmon from Oklahoma. Kadari Poorman. Who? Oh, yeah. Good one. He's bringing on Davion Harmon from Oklahoma, who's going to be very good. So he just keeps on bringing in guys year after year after year, and the results never change for him. The results never change. So Oregon's going to be a surefire tournament team. Another team, Jake, I like. You got to, you know, Kansas and Kentucky every season. Kansas and Kentucky are always good. We got only three or four left. Kansas and Kentucky are very good. You know anybody on Kansas? Yeah, Paul Pierce. Yeah. Kansas brings back all the key guys to note from last season. Remy Martin, point guard transfer from Arizona State, is going to be phenomenal leading the way. Wouldn't be surprised if Kansas wins the championship this season. And then Kentucky. As you know, it was a tough season for Calipari last season. B.J. Boston didn't live up to expectations. Terrence Clark passed away, which is crazy news. Was going to be a first-round pick in the draft. And now he brings in guys, transfers Kellen Grady, Oscar Shibway. He brings in a great shooter from Iowa. And um, can't think of the name right now, but a great, great shooter. And Kentucky's a team that's going to be back in the tournament this season. Joe Wieskamp's his name, by the way. All right, Jake, we only got three left. We got Xavier. A Xavier Musketeers team who's my dark horse to win the Big East Trash. this year. Why don't you like him? Trash. Who don't you like on the team? But Xavier brings back, they bring back a lot of key players in Nick Johnson, Zach Fremantle. Nick Johnson. Cool name, right? Intermission. They bring back Zach Fremantle, who's going to be one of the better guys in the Big East. Big white guy. Averages about 18 and 8 a game. Very good player. I wouldn't be surprised if Xavier is the better team than Villanova in the Big East this season. You just said Villanova's a Final Four team. Yeah, it doesn't mean they got to win the Big East. And then kind of tough if you're not winning your conference. We've seen Syracuse do it. We've saw UCLA almost do it last season. I mean, it can be possible. And then the Purdue Boilermakers. This is a team that brings back not just every key guy, but every single key guy that was on that team last season. And Jake, you got to remember this guy, Jaden Ivey. Very good player in the tournament. You don't remember? No. 
Well, Jaden Ivey was a guy that was very good for Purdue. Remember they were down 13 points in the first round? They came back, and we're watching the game. I thought like, they had, like, two huge dudes. Yeah, Travion Williams. That guy's freaking yeah. enormous. But this guy, Jaden Ivey, was phenomenal freshman last Ivy, season dude. for the Boilermakers. This guy's going to be probably a first-round pick. Purdue's going to be phenomenal this year. They bring back everyone. That's a bust. And then my last, my last team that I love this season, got to give it up for the Texas Longhorns. Oh, yeah. I'm not, I'm, coach. I'm not joking when I say this. You remember the team that was stacked with Carl Anthony Towns, Devin Booker, Trey Lyles, the Kentucky team that went five in, five out? This Texas team is the most talented team that I remember seeing since that team. Jeez. I really think they're going to be really good this year. Really? I, I don't know if the talent's all going to fit in one piece together, but this Texas Longhorns team has tons of talent. They lost, they lost a couple guys from last season. And they got a beard, right? They got Beard, and that's that's huge news because— I knew one name. Chris Beard went from Texas Tech to Texas, and they didn't just bring in some okay transfers. They brought in Marcus Carr, who's a guy from Minnesota that averaged about 17, 18 a game last season. They bring in Christian Bishop from Creighton. They bring in transfer after transfer after transfer. They bring in Dylan Dissu, who's a double-double machine, and then they still bring back key guards like Andrew Jones, Courtney Ramey, and I might be missing some guys. You know who I'm missing? The starting center from UMass. Oh, Trey Mitchell. Trey Mitchell. Trey Mitchell is going to be the starting center for the Trey Texas Mitchell Longhorns. Is dirty. Yeah, and he went from UMass to Texas. He actually is really good. Like, watch out for Trey Mitchell. Trey Mitchell. See, Jake knows about I Trey Mitchell. I love Trey Mitchell. Now the Texas that Longhorns. That guy should be a first-round NBA pick. Now the Texas Longhorns are Jake's favorite team because of Trey Mitchell. Probably. He was so good at UMass. Yeah. He made Obi Toppin look like a failure. Oh, my God. I know. He, he was really good. Jake went to a game. What did he get? A double-double? He had, like, 20 and 15. He's nasty. Absolutely yeah. nasty. But yeah, Trey Mitchell is going to change the dynamic of that Texas team. He's a true center. He can shoot. He can handle. Yeah, he can He can do a lot he of different things. He can actually handle the ball. And you're going to surround a Texas Longhorns team like that with great guards, Trey Mitchell in the pivot. I mean, come on. This, this team is going to be able to do everything. And like Jake said, they bring one of the best coaches in the country. Yep. So Kentucky, Kansas, Texas, Purdue, Xavier, Oregon, Villanova, Duke, UCLA, UNC, those are all tournament teams. And if they're not, I'd be shocked. Jake, you got any teams I missed? You like Kofi Coburn. Yeah, but I liked him when he had Dosumu as a as a you know. He doesn't have Dosumu, but he got Andre Curbelo. Yeah, I like that kid. He's, little, he's gonna be really good. The little Afro man, point guard. Yeah, but yeah, the, he'll be the good. Massive teeth. Yeah, I know that guy. That guy has huge teeth. All right, so that's that's the college basketball story for now. We'll hit on that in a couple, two, three, four weeks or so. But Jake, the rest of the show, we got to talk about football. We had some we had some things happen this week that. You gotta yeah, mention. I got, I got a couple things to talk about. Whether it's Josh Gordon, Richard, it's still with James White because we kind of already mentioned that already. But we already did. It's it's been mentioned. Going back to that huge loss to the Patriots, Brandon Bolden's probably gonna have to play more. Ugh. Ron Three Stevenson's gonna have to play more. He's gonna Ugh. have to actually be active because he hasn't been active for a little while. Yep. And overall, he's been great this year for the football team. And losing James White not only in the running game. Hurts the passing game passing a tremendous game. Well, amount. Whole, like I said, our whole passing game has been dump downs, and now what are we going to do? We actually have to throw to receivers. I think Damian Harris is going to have to learn how to catch the football. Ugh. You don't like we're him? Gonna, we're going to suck. James White's a huge loss. Your team shouldn't all, all of a sudden be bad because you lose James White, but here we are. He's a huge component to this team. I mean, year after year, James White's always <coughs> a guy catching the football, running the football, make, making key plays, whether it be playoff games Regular season games, Super Bowl games. This is a guy that you desperately need. Right. Moving on to something else that happened this week. Josh Gordon's back in the league. Jake, what do you think about this? I mean, I'm not. It's this isn't the Cleveland Browns Josh Gordon anymore. I you know, and he's going. I think he's going to the best situation for 
him to, you know, actually show what he's got. But I, I, my expectations of Josh Gordon is he's going to have, like, two really impactful games where he has, like, three catches for, like, 110 yards and, like, two touchdowns. Um, and then other games he's going to be silent. Like, he, to me, he's, like, just as impactful to the Chiefs as, like, uh, Demarcus Robinson is yeah like it it like he's not Byron Pringle yeah Byron like he's Byron Pringle but like he but if Byron Pringle used to be Josh Gordon um of the Cleveland Browns I like I don't think they're all of a sudden yeah I do work at Hilti in Boston um <laughs> I you know I don't I, yeah Michael asked if Jake works at Hilti in Boston I do so. work at Hilti in Boston Jake said um, yes 12 minutes ago I don't so, know if you're still listening yes yeah, so, you know I'm not like Super excited about Josh Gordon on this team. It's just, you know, I think it's the best situation for him. And I think he'll help, but I don't think he's like a needle mover as far as, you know, them being somewhere and now that their their expectations should be so much higher. Yeah, again, Jake pretty much said it all. Gordon, he's a good player, but I don't think he really has too much left in the tank, to be quite honest with you. He's, he's 30. He's too focused on drugs, first of all. And second of all, this offense has... Tons of, of other weapons. There's a lot of money to be made in the drug game. Tons of other weapons. You get Tyree Kill, you get Travis the Kelsey. Kingpin. You get Byron Pringle. You got yeah, I don't, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Like, I don't think it's like... It's not a game-changing move. So, it? for example, when the Bucks had Evans and Godwin and Antonio Brown joined the team, I, like, and I was like, oh, boy, like now they have Antonio Brown, too. This is not how I feel about Josh Gordon. It's not like, oh, they got Kelsey and Hill, and now they, they're rocking Josh Gordon. They got three, you know, it's a three-headed monster. That's not how I see it at all. Yeah, yeah, Jake pretty much hit the nail in the coffin. I mean, Gordon is Gordon. He's not going to produce like he used to produce. And He'll do like what he did in Seattle. Obviously, he's in a good situation because of how good the team is, and he right. got Patrick Mahomes. Right. But yeah, he's going to— He's lucky he's on a team that can support— adding another receiver and make them look good. Maybe he'll do what he did in Seattle. I don't think he's going to produce too much. And again, I don't even know if he, he's probably not even going to be active right away. What a run by Trevor Lawrence. All right. Um, moving on to the next thing that happened about, what was it, yesterday? I think it was two days ago. Richard Sherman signed with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And again, I wouldn't say it's a huge move, but Sean Murphy Bunting's out. Yeah. It, I mean, because he's out, it makes a difference. I know they were talking about signing him before, um, before that even happened. Um, but, you know, I just, I don't know. I mean, like, he, he's coming off the Achilles injury, so I don't think he's, like, what he used to be. Um, I don't think he's, like, what he used to be. So, to me, like, he's just, he's their second or third corner, and he's not going to be super impactful. Yeah, again, it's another player that used to produce that's in a good situation because of how good Tampa Bay is. We're talking about the teams that were just yeah, in the Super Bowl. Yeah, but he's coming off a torn Achilles. Like, yeah, he's not going to... He's not fast. He, he's, he's smart. He's mentally there. It's just... He's not going to come in and give him five or six interceptions this season. Watch. No, now he picks he off Matt no, Jones twice. He won't. Yeah. Well, no, he might do that, but like... Go, 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 go. All right, go, we're, go. On, we're doing a show. Sorry, that's James Robinson, my running back. All right. Um, yeah, so... Again, Richard Sherman's a guy that obviously is a great player in the league, and I don't think he still is what he is because obviously he's not. But again, he's in a good situation. He's in a team that doesn't have the best depth at the secondary position either. Like right. I said, Sean Murphy buying things yeah, out. Yeah, it's a good defense, but that's probably where they needed the most help. Yeah, cornerback. And again, he's going to play. It sounds like he's playing this Sunday night against the Patriots. Interesting. And it's, it's going to be a crazy night. It's going to be a crazy situation for him to come in. And again, he's a guy that not, I don't think he's going to be that bad. No, I don't think he's going to be like amazing. 
I think he'll be like he might have to be the number one cornerback. If Sean Murphy Bunny's not there, if he is, they're not going to be doing very well. But the thing is, with with a D line and a linebacker group that that strong, like you said, Jake, you're not going to need your secondary to be as good as yeah. I've said that before, but I I mean he he could still be exposed. Like he's not Richard Sherman Naval. Oh yeah, no doubt about that. All right, moving on. So that's the Gordon news. That's the Sherman news. That's the White news. But Jake, this is how we end the show every week. Week fifty seven. I'm very interested to see this week because I feel like a couple weeks passed. There weren't as many games to like disagree disagree on. on. Last week we only disagreed on two. The week before I think it was like three, and the week before it was like four. So this week I I'm guessing I don't know who Jake picked. I'm guessing there's at least five games that we disagree on. I think that's fair. And we already know one because it's going on right now. Yep. And right now looking pretty good. Yeah, right, right now we're not even halfway through the second quarter. So so right now yeah seven nothing Jackson was up seven thirty five to go in the second quarter. All right, let's get to it. So first game of the week Thursday night football. Jacksonville, Cincinnati. Like I told you, I got Jacksonville. Jake got Cincinnati. Moving on, nine one o'clock games this week. Starting off, the Washington football team at the Atlanta Falcons. Jake, who you got? You know who I got. Jake got the Washington football team. I got the football team. I'm always going to have the football team, okay? I don't care if they got Taylor Heineke. I don't care if they got Taylor Heineken. I don't care if they got Ryan Fitzpatrick. I don't care if they got Ryan Patrick Fitz. It's... It, you know that Ryan Schmidt's fit. Yeah, this is this is my team. All right, and when you're playing the Atlanta Falcons and you have a decent defense, I think that they're going to do what they need to do. Heineke's not that bad. I think he can do what he has to do against an Atlanta defense, and I, I think they take the game. I know you got Atlanta. Yeah, I do got Atlanta in this game. I had Atlanta last week. I think I've had Atlanta almost every week this season. Yeah. It hasn't worked out too great. Fool. But yeah, Atlanta at home. Again, I'm not too high on the Washington football team defense. Again, they got blown up by Josh Allen. They're not going to get blown up by Matt Ryan like they got blown up by Josh Allen. But I think Atlanta's going to score enough points to win this game. Plain and simple. Uh, I, I worry about the offensive line protecting Matt Ryan. Yeah, it could be a low-scoring game, honestly. Yeah. All right, on to the next game that we're definitely not going to disagree on. Houston Texans are at the Buffalo Bills. We both got Buffalo. Not too much to talk about here. How'd you know that? Because I assumed it. Oh, okay. It, what, what's there to talk about? This is the highest, what is it, 16 and a half right now? Yeah, 16. It's crazy, 16 and a half. So that's the highest of the season. It probably will be the highest of the season. I don't know. We'll see. But yeah, pro- it's going to be up there. So we both got it's Buffalo. Hard, it's hard to have more than that. Yeah. All right, next up, the Detroit Lions at the Chicago Bears divisional matchup. Who you got? This will be my upset, one of two upsets of the week. I have the Detroit Lions taking down the Chicago Bears. The winless Detroit Lions getting their first win of the year in Chicago. And I got the Detroit Lions, too. I think the Detroit Lions are going to win this game. Again, Detroit's been dominant. They haven't been dominant, but they've been dominant compared to what we thought they'd be so far. They've lost all their games, but they've been in all of them. Yeah, they actually, I mean, I don't know how in they were against San Francisco. I know they lost by eight. Yeah, because at the end they got But they were shit. down like 30 at one point. They play so. tough teams. They lost to San Fran. They lost to Baltimore. Green Bay. And, yeah, in Green Bay. So me and Jake both are riding Detroit on the road in this one. Mm-hmm. Next up, we got Carolina, an undefeated Carolina team at the Dallas Cowboys. Again, I don't think Carolina is as good as this record because they're not going to be Dallas. No, they, are, they got a free game against the Jets. Um this is my lock of the week. I think Dallas really... Yeah, it's my lock of the week. I think Dallas really just puts them down. Um, I don't think it's going to be very close at all. Yeah, so that's my lock of the week as well. I really do think that Trevor Lawrence is going to get into the end zone on this play, and he did. Sorry, I'm kidding. I saw that after the play. So Jackson was now up 13-0 on the Bengals. Go Jaguars. Scott, hopefully you're listening. But yeah, I got, I got Dallas as my lock of the week as well. 
I really do think Dallas wins this game. My upset of the week, by the way, was my and your Jacksonville Jaguars. But um, it's not even halftime. It's not even halftime yet, so I should stop celebrating. My survivor pick pool of the week pick is the Buffalo Bills. I think I'll help you save. Yeah. All right. So moving on, we both got Dallas. One o'clock game. Another very good game at one o'clock. Jacoby Brissett's going up his form against his former team. It's the Colts and the Dolphins. Indianapolis on the road. I think Carson Wentz gets his first win of his Indianapolis Colts career on the road at Miami. Oh, I got the Colts too. Nice. Yeah. Me too. I, yeah, I think I think the Colts take care of business here. You know, for all the praise I was giving uh, Brissett for being a good quarterback, I just think Indy's going to win this game. Yeah, I got Indy as well. I don't think Brissett's going to do enough against this Colts team. I think the defense is underperformed. I think yeah. the offense is underperformed. But this is the week the Colts say we're going to finally freaking win a game. Before we move on to our next game, we actually have some kind of good news for the Red Sox sake. And I really don't want to say the Yankees winning is good news. At this point, I think it is good news. Yankees are up 5-2 at the end of 6 against the Blue Jays. So at the end of the night, Yankees are going to be up 2 for the first wild card. Red Sox will still have the second wild card spot at the end of the night. Yep. Which is good news. And the Yankees are most likely going to lock down that number one spot. All right, moving on to the next game. 1 o'clock, it's the Cleveland Browns at the Minnesota Vikings. Do we know if Dalvin Cook's going to play or not? It's looking like he will. I think he was already a limited participant. He was practicing today? Yeah, so I think he should play. Um, I got Cleveland anyway. I get Minnesota anyway. So, yeah, I had I had Minnesota going into the week. Again, this should be a very good game, especially Minnesota at home. They do play better. Coming off a big win against Seattle. Cleveland missing Jarvis Landry to me is actually a bigger factor than people think just because this this running game is awesome, as you know, with Chubb and Hunt. Mm-hmm. And what Minnesota prides themselves on is their rush defense. And I think if they stop Chubb and Hunt, I think it's going to be less hard for them to stop. Easier said than done, my friend. We'll see. I got Minnesota winning this game. Jacob Cleveland. So that's the third one we disagree on. Yep. One o'clock, the Giants at the Saints. Giants are a pretty big underdog, in my opinion, in this game. I don't think seven and a half would be... I don't know why it's so big. Yeah. But I think the Saints do win this game. I got the Giants in this one. Jesus. I, I really think that the Giants are going to come in and, and get a good win. I, I don't think Daniel Jones has played that bad, especially last week. He actually looked pretty good. I know they lost to Atlanta, but he didn't... First one of the season. Yeah, he didn't make many mistakes. Um, so I'm going to go with the Giants in this one. Wow, so Jacob, the Giants won their first game of the season. I get the Saints moving to 3-1. So that's the fourth game we disagree on. We're not even done with the 1 o'clock games yet. Nope. Two more 1 o'clock games to go. The Titans at the Jets. skip one of them. Yeah, the Titans at the Jets. I get the Jets winning this game. No, I'm kidding. I get the Titans winning this game. But Julio Jones and um, A.J. Brown are unlikely to play. Well, A.J. Brown's definitely not playing. I think Julio Jones is more question- on the question. I think Julio side. will probably play. but Either way, Titans will win. Yeah, Titan, Derrick Henry's going to go off. And then another game that we probably don't um, disagree on either, the Kansas City Chiefs are at the Philadelphia Eagles. I, I'm kind of interested to see what Jalen Hurts can do against this team because you know Kansas City's going to get their points. But can Jalen Hurts be better than he was this past week? Hopefully. He can. I mean, he can be better. I don't think it'll be enough. I yeah, think it won't be enough. You Don't forget, Kansas City's lost two in a row. Yeah, they're coming they, out. They're coming they out. are going to stomp whoever's in front of them. Both Super Bowl teams are coming off losses. And this is the Andy Reid revenge game. Andy, yeah, I didn't even think about that. So Andy Reid going up against the Eagles. Yeah, Kansas City's going to win this game on the road. They're favored by 7.5. It's going to be close, but I think they cover that. All right, moving on. We got four games at four, oh, four, two games at 4.05, two games at 4.25. Very good games, by the way. First, the two 4.05 games are the NFC West games. Arizona Cardinals at the LA Rams. 
I loved Arizona to start the season, and I realized that LA has been phenomenal coming off a big game against Tampa Bay. And I, again, I won't be surprised if LA wins this game. I think Arizona is going to come out on the road and win. You know, I really like the Cardinals. I think that you know they they have a chance at winning this division. They have an MVP in Kyler Murray, um, but the Rams to me are like a totally different animal. I mean, the the Cardinals have beaten uh, Jacksonville. They beat um, who they even play. They didn't, they haven't played anyone at the level of the Vikings. Um, yeah, they beat the Vikings uh, late. It was a it was overtime, right? Yeah. Um, they it's it, they haven't played anyone like the Rams. This defense is really really good, and their offense is also really really good. I just don't think that either side of Arizona's you know football is capable of overcoming how good this team is. So I got the Rams. Yeah, I mean it's gonna be a high scoring game again. I wouldn't be surprised if this game goes either way. Kyler Murray's had a great season. Matthew Stafford's had a great season, and. I think either way, this game is going to come down to the last possession because of how good and high how power both these offenses really are. Mm. That's a very good 4-5 game. Another good 4-5 game, the other NFC West battle. Seattle's at San Francisco. Both teams coming off losses. Again, Seattle usually doesn't play as well on the road as they do at home. But I think Seattle's the team here with a better roster. One of my bold predictions of the week involves this game. Seattle's going to win this game. Russell Wilson throws for 300-plus and four touchdowns. I also have Seattle. Uh, nothing bold from that game, but I, I think Seattle is the better team, so I think that they're going to get a win. And it, it always seems that San Francisco and Seattle swap lows when they when they visit each other. So Back and forth, back yeah. and forth. Yeah, so that's my bold prediction. I think Russ Wilson goes for 300 and 400 plus. I mean, 400, um, four touchdowns. And then my other bold prediction of the week is Houston scores at least 21 points against Buffalo this wow, week. Wow, I don't, I don't see that. But Buffalo will kill them. I don't see that. What, so Buffalo's going to get, what, 40? Be like, yeah, 40-something or 40-20, something like that. 40-20? 21. All right, the two four twenty five games, Baltimore Ravens at the Denver Broncos. We don't know for sure if Lamar Jackson's going to play. I don't think he's going to actually miss the game. I get the Ravens winning the game on the road, but let me say this. If, if Lamar Jackson doesn't play, Denver's going to win. I got Denver either way, honestly. You know, I wasn't super high on Denver coming into the year. Jake got Denver. Going into mile high is tough. And and Sick. for me, I, I think Denver's rolling right now. Baltimore seems to be, you know, on and off. So I'm gonna I'm gonna roll with the team that's hot. Wow, so six games so far we disagree on. Baltimore Denver should be a good game. So you're saying Denver goes to four and oh. Yeah. My preseason pick to make the playoffs in the AFC, the Denver Broncos got four and oh, you're pretty much a lock. And they played three shitty teams so far, don't get me wrong, but still they're playing good football. Last four twenty five game, Pittsburgh at Green Bay. Green Bay at home against a Pittsburgh team that just doesn't look like they can find their identity. I think Green Bay could win this game by double digits. I don't know if they'll win by double digits. The, these two teams you know, have some historic rivalry going on. Um, and, and I imagine it's going to be a decent game just because Green Bay's defense isn't that good. Um, but I got Green Bay. Yeah, I got Green Bay. Again, Roethlisberger, Rodgers, two Hall of Fame quarterbacks going up against each other in this one. You think so? Definitely. Okay. You don't think Big Ben makes it? I do. What a catch. Jaguars are trying to go in for their third touchdown of the game right now. But um, moving on, Sunday night football, Tampa Bay, New England. Brady's coming back Sunday night, facing Belichick, the most talked about game in a long time, the most talked about game this entire football season. Tampa Bay is going to win this game, but I think it's going to be closer than Jake thinks. I'm going 30-21, to 21, Tampa Bay wins. Oh, my God. 30-21? to 21. Um... I this game, I 
I am a Patriots fan. I, you know, and I, and I don't say that in the sense that, you know, when Tom Brady left, I became a Tom Brady fan. I am a Patriots fan. I want the Patriots to win. And, and, you know, I, I, you know, obviously have great respect for Tom Brady. Uh, if he's in the Super Bowl versus anyone other than New England, I want Tom Brady to win the yeah, Super Bowl. Yeah, we want him Bowl. to get eight, nine, that's, ten. That's whatever. 100% where I stand. So in this game, I am rooting for the Patriots, but I'm realistic here, okay? I don't understand why why this game is you know only being like a one score a one score game by 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 bookmakers okay, um, Tampa Bay is a top you know I know they just lost to the Rams Tampa Bay is a top five team in the league that I think that no one's gonna argue with me that they are one of the five best teams in football they have one of the best quarterbacks they have probably the best receiving core. They have decent running game. Their offensive line is solid. Their defensive line is fantastic. Their linebackers are pretty dang good. And their secondary is bad, bad comparably to the rest of their team, but still like probably better than half the league. So I don't understand why this game is, is even you know one score. I think Tampa Bay destroys the Patriots. Um, How many points? You want me to give you a score? Yeah. I'm going to say Tampa Bay wins... 38 to 13. Really? Yeah. I don't think it's going to be that much of a blowout. Again, if the Patriots want to win this game, we're talking about want to win this game, they're going to have to, first of all, establish the run because the last two weeks has been pretty non-existent. And that offensive, it all starts and ends with the offensive line. If the offensive line has been what it is these last three weeks in this game, Patriots have no shot to win this game. I don't think they have a shot at and. I, no matter how well the offense But saying if, if they win this game, the offensive line is going to have to be good. Everything is going to have to be perfect for us to win this game. That, that is how I see you it. You know Belichick's going to come in with a good game plan, but whether whether no, the defense no, can I stop... Don't. I don't. Okay? Bell, the defense, He's a defensive coach. Yeah, the defense might, you know, strategize properly. I, I just don't know if anyone has the personnel to properly stop the Bucks to the level that we would need to stop them to win this game. Like, for us to win this game, it would have to be like... 13 to 10. I really, you, you said that the Pats are going to get 21. I don't see that at all. I don't really don't see how the Patriots get in the end zone three times against the You don't game. think they get over 13 points? No, because our offense blows. It's terrible. We just, we just lost the guy who touches the ball most, and all we do is throw throw short little routes that you know get us four yards at a time. I think if the offensive line steps up, though, the field's going to open up for Mac Jones, and that's an if. We can't run the ball against this team. It's impossible. Yeah, I mean... Damian Harris can have a terrible game. 30 of the and, other teams in the league can't run it against him either. Yeah, but they, the they can throw better than us. They have, Every team that they, you're talking about has better receivers than we do. And they don't have quarterbacks playing in their fourth game of their career. But I got confidence in Mac Jones. I got confidence in Mac Jones to make the correct reads, the correct throws, especially against a secondary like that. You got to consider the secondary is not the healthiest either. The secondary is not the healthiest. They're missing a safety. They're missing Sean Murphy bunting. Again, like I said, the secondary doesn't have to be good because of that front seven. But if the Patriots want a chance to win this game, offensive line got to be good, and Josh McDaniels got to come in with a fucking better game plan than he's had all he's season. He's not going to. I you know, really want him to. I don't think he's going. They're going to run the ball a ton. That's what they're going to have to do. The, I don't. Yeah, they're not going to run the ball though. Like it's. They're going to run the ball. As a matter of fact, if, if they can run it effectively, they can't. They can't. And then from the other side of the thing, Tom. You know, Tom Brady is going to carve up the defense. He wants way. blood. And what's he need? 68 yards. He's obviously going to break the record for the most passing yards ever. Probably, definitely in the first quarter. Probably in the first drive. Maybe on the first pass. Probably not. Probably not on the first drive either. 
But yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting game, an entertaining game. Brady coming back to Foxborough, but Jake we're on the same page, at least with a team that we think is gonna win the game. Yeah. Moving on to Monday night, Vegas and the Chargers. You get the Chargers at home. Yeah, I do. I I got the Chargers in this one. You know, and you know, Oakland's undefeated. I'm gonna forever call them Oakland. Um, they they're they're good. Derek Carr is an MVP candidate player. So is Justin Herbert. And watch out for Mike Williams. That guy is on fire. Yeah, I wish I picked and him in some fantasy like, leagues. That year. guy is on fire. Keenan Allen's doing pretty good, but like Mike Williams is fantastic. Um, He's a mismatch. There's He's a, a lot problem. of weapons on that Chargers offense. I just think it's too much for, for the Raiders to stop. Yeah, again, I'm going with the Chargers here too. Justin Herbert's had a great season. Derek Carr has too, but I think... I think the defense for the Chargers is better, and I think Derek Carr is going to have some trouble in the pocket in this game, something that hasn't really been a problem for him so far this year. I got a bold prediction. What is it? Not on that game. On the week? Yeah. I'm going to say Derek Henry gets in the end zone minimum three times. Damn. All right, there's Jake's bold prediction. All right, so— I don't think that's that bold. So 16 games, six of them that we disagree on. Jake's up four right now. It's about to be three after this game, but that's our week four. You don't know that. That's our week four NFL predictions. End the show with some fantasy football questions of the week. I haven't heard these questions. Are Jake hasn't heard. Yeah, we got three or four. You know what, Matt Doran, you come to. So you know what, Matt leaves us a question every week. So I think you got two this week. So I screenshot everybody's questions. Are they good? They're good. I like them. Okay. Let me see, Matt. Where are you, Matt? I think I remember it. Matt, what? where are you, Matt? Matt. All right, Matt Doran. Fantasy football question of the week. Of the following players. Mm-hmm. I'm listening. Let me make sure the show. All right, the show's still rolling. Kareem Hunt, Mike Williams, Cordero Patterson, Ezekiel Elliott, James Robinson. Well, he's playing now. Who would be the best to trade away for an upgrade? Get in. An upgrade? Um, whoa. I'm going to go. That's a fumble. Oh, he's down. I, you know, I have to lean Mike Williams here. Yeah, that was mine. And, And the reason is, yes, Mike Williams is super hot right now. And... Justin Herbert looks like he's going to be rolling this year. So if you want to ride that wave, you ride that wave. But I think that if you can get a a big name, that you should. Because right now, Mike Williams is the number one receiver in, in fantasy football. Um, I, I know because I looked today. And he will get you something. He'll definitely get you an upgrade. If, if the move for you is getting upgrades... Mike Williams should be the guy you move. Yeah, that was mine too. I want Mike Williams. And especially now, Jake, like you said, the way he's playing, people are going to want Mike Williams. That's you right. Can, you could probably get something half decent, better than half decent. I bet you can get a receiver you never thought you'd be able to get from Mike Williams. Yeah, or if you need a running back, you could probably get a – not going to get one of the top guys, but you can get a decent running you get, back probably. You can get somebody who's a, a legit starter for sure. So, yeah, I'm going with Mike Williams too. Matt's second question. Also, I have another one for this week. Should I consider benching Tyree Kill or Lamar Jackson? My answer to that is you never bench Tyree Kill no matter what. Do not Tyree bench Kill. Tyree Kill. And if Lamar Jackson plays, I couldn't see you benching him either. Who else does he have? I don't know. I don't know who you have, but if he's playing... You might say. I don't know. Yeah, um, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't bench either one of them. Who's Baltimore playing? Denver. It's tough. That's a good defense. Um, if you have, like, another quarterback that you think is a legit starter, I, I would go with him. But um, They're great players. Yeah, Tyreek Hill is a no-brainer. You have to play every single week. There's you don't. Here's how I look at it. I don't know if you got him in the first round yeah. or the second round, but I I know you didn't get him any later than that. If you are drafting one of the, a guy like that in the first or second round, he 
needs to play every single week. That is a guy that you drafted high because you are, you have to play him. That you you can't waste those picks by letting them sit on your bench while they go off. You have to play that guy. Yeah, and even if he's kind of if he's going to play, you're going to know he's going to play by an hour and a half before the game anyways. But Lamar Jackson is a guy, I've said this in shows past, even if he's not going to throw the ball like crazy, he's a guy that can run the ball and still get you at least 20, 25 points a game just by his rushing ability. Yeah, but uh, and Tyree I, Kill, wor- I worry that they baby him. Yeah, he'll still run the ball. He has Matt Ryan, he said. Uh, yeah, I'd start Lamar over Matt Ryan. Uh, yeah, I would too. I think the Washington defense is going to be a little too much for Matt Ryan. He probably won't have a great game. All right, next question coming all the way from New Jersey. Matt Gruber asked me before the show. What's up, Matt? Will Robert, will Robert Williams, yeah. Robert Williams would turn it around this season if Ennis Cantor doesn't go off. But yeah, will Robert Woods turn it around? Yes, absolutely. I think the answer uh, is he has to. Yeah, so I don't think you're going to be getting like the Robert Woods of the, jo- the Jared Goff era, but he's been bad. He's been really bad. I think you're, you're going to get a decent receiver out of him. A lot of that has to do with Cooper Cup being so good, too. Coop, yeah, so so Stafford and Cup have obviously clicked really well, um, and that's something you know I don't think is going to change. I, I've, I don't know if I've said it on the show, but I've said it before. To me, like the Cup-Stafford combo reminds me of when he had Golden Tate. Oh, yeah. Um, that, that's, I think he's comfortable with a receiver like that, and Cooper Cup is like a better version of Golden Tate. So he's got that going for him, but... One thing for me, I've, I've done my research on Robert Woods. It's surprising that these are the questions and this is like all I know about fantasy hey, football. Um, look at the schedule, okay? Not bad or good? Good. They started, they played, um, they already played Chicago. Tampa Bay. They played Tampa Bay. That's two pretty good defenses. Chicago and who else did they play? They played somebody, it's not that important. They played somebody else. Um, they have a fantastic schedule as far as the secondaries go. Coming up, I would definitely expect Robert Woods to be open more. I don't know if he's going to get the ball more. He should, but I expect him to be open more and the passing attack to be more fluid um, as the weeks go on. So I, I think that I, you know, Robert Woods was somebody I, I thought about trading for. I wanted to go out and get him while he's on the low. I would hold him or you know trade him for value you see him at not what he currently is at because he's going to get better yeah what's he going to have to get better and especially like i said cooper cup's been the best receiver in football so far and cooper cup's not going to continue at the pace he's been continuing at teams are going to want to cover cooper cup more than they've been covering him and that's going to leave the field open for robert woods definitely woods will get in the end zone this week all right question from max Howe. 12 team league mm-hmm. Corey davis mike davis or hunter renfro at flex Corey Davis, Mike Davis. Corey Davis is playing against Titans. Hunter Renfro. Corey Davis is playing. Wait, you know what? I'll think of my answer. You think your answer. Corey Davis is playing the Titans. Mike Davis is playing the football team. And Renfro is playing the Chargers. So. My answer is. Wait, 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 wait. I got mine. All right. I also have mine. Are you ready? Yeah. Can I go first? One, two, two three. three. Corey, Corey Davis. Davis. Nice. Okay. So, Corey <laughs> Davis is the guy. Um, I immediately eliminated Renfro. Um, I I don't think that. I don't think that Renfro is is the play here. Um, I do think that that game could be a little high scoring, but they got Rugs, they got Waller. Yeah, they got a lot. And I think weapons. that guy Brian Edwards is the number is the clear number two receiver. I think Ren. I know they like Renfro. They want to get him more involved. They say that whatever. I heard the same thing you heard on TV last week. Um, 
I haven't seen it. I Renfro got in the end zone last week, but I really haven't seen like anything crazy out of them. So, and and, and Renfro. So I I eliminated Renfro. Okay. Then when you're talking about Corey Davis, Mike Davis, it's that football team defense for me. I am I am concerned. Um, I. I don't think that Mike Davis is going to just be able to run around and do whatever he wants against the, the football team defense. Yeah, it's a crazy then, front seven. No yeah, doubt. And, then, and then on top of that, I think we – I don't know if we talked about him on the show. Cordell Patterson is legit. He is getting serious work at the running back position. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he takes over as the starting running back for them. Um, he is that good, and he is doing that well. He's getting like seven or eight touches and turning it into like 50 yards every week. So – I am I am not confident in Mike Davis. Now, Corey Davis, on the other hand, I I don't love Tennessee's defense. I don't think that they're that good. Um, I don't think any of these guys are going to be like incredible players for you, but I do know that the Jets are going to have to throw the ball because they're going to be down. So, you know, just ride the wave and hope that the, you know, the the game flow helps Corey Davis here because I don't think the game flow is going to help Mike Davis. Um, I think Corey Davis is going to get the ball. Jamison Crowder, I think, is coming back, but who gives a shit? Yeah, they don't. They don't take away each other's targets. One's a slot guy, one's a deep guy. So, Corey Davis for me. Corey Davis for Justin. Yeah, Corey Davis. I eliminated Mike Davis right away because I eliminated I eliminated Renfro right away. Again, the Washington front seven's insane, and Cordo Patterson's been the better running back. He has. He really has. That's what I'm saying. I think he's going to take over. And Corey Davis. He's going to get the ball probably because he's going to be trailing most of the game anyways. A few times, and the secondary is not that good in Tennessee. Corey Davis is the answer. And the last question of the week, oh, my, more? my favorite question of the week came from Jacob Siegel. This is actually a good question. It might be the best question. I liked Max's question. Yeah, I liked it too. Shout out to Max. But, but we both had the same answer. So This is a good, good question by Jacob Siegel. Okay. Will Rob Gronkowski catch more touchdowns on Sunday than Mac Jones will throw? That was a good one, wasn't it? Can I say they tie? Yeah, that's what I was I'm going to say they each get one. Um, yeah, I think they probably get one. Too. I'm going to say they each get one. Gronk got to get one, right? If that's if that's a cheap answer, then I'll go with Gronk. Um, I'll go with Mac if it's a but, cheap answer. But I'm gonna, it's more likely to be Mac, but I'm going to say they each get one. I, Mac only has one for the season, right? No, two. 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 One to Bourne and one to I'm going to say they one. each get one. Yeah, I mean... I think Gronk's going to get in the end zone because that's what he does, and he wants to against his former team. I think I think Gronk and AB are both getting in the end zone. I bet you Brady to Gronk's the first touchdown of the game. I bet you it's either that or Antonio Brown. Yeah, I bet it, I bet it's a tie or probably Mac Jones because he's the quarterback, and if the Patriots want to win, you better throw at least two touchdowns against this team. But again— The run game ain't going to be working, so— It's going to have to be. But yeah, that's a good question, Jacob Siegel. Jake's going with a tie. I'm going with a tie, but if I had to pick Mac. And uh, before we end the show— for those that don't know, the Super Bowl halftime show oh, yeah. was announced, and you know, I don't, not everyone's a hip hop fan. I am a hip hop fan, but this may be one of the best Super Bowl halftime show lineups I've ever seen. There are five. There are five artists here, and realistically, I can only tell you who the least exciting one is, and that's Mary J. Blige, and I think she's pretty good. Um, but for her to be like fifth, and then the four other artists that I can't decide who I'm most excited for. Yeah, I'm excited for all of them. You got Kendrick Lamar. You've got Dr. Dre, the one of the OGs of hip hop. Another OG of hip hop. 
Snoop Dogg, Snoop Dogg and Dre are going to be an incredible combo. And then you throw in one of the biggest artists of all time, really. Eminem and Eminem. Eminem. And all these guys are going to be bouncing off each other, doing incredible. <laughs> they'll be incredible. bouncing like Jennifer Lopez. Yeah, they'll be no, bouncing. but they'll be bouncing. Um, and it's gonna be it's gonna be a crazy show. I'm very excited to to hear like some old school like like throwback Eminem like with Dre producing. Don't get your hopes and up. Snoop and Dre doing their thing. You know, still Dre. Next episode ain't nothing but a G thing. It's gonna be crazy. Stay in for this halftime show. Don't go to your cars. Don't go anywhere else. But make sure to stay on the sofa. Oh my god, I'm watching this thing. I'm watching every second of this thing. I'm recording just the halftime. I didn't see the show. weekend. I missed most of the weekend's halftime show last year, but who cares? It was I, the saw, I saw him running through mirrors freaking out. Yeah. But um yeah, that's gonna be a hell of a halftime show. Probably the best of all time. Don't The best of all don't time. Don't get your hopes up. I don't I the lineup is probably the best of all time. I don't know if the show will be the best of all time. Yeah. Alright. But yeah, that's the halftime show, so still got a little wait for that. I'm excited, man. But that's gonna do it for week fifty seven. Don't forget, tune in next week, week 58, NHL preview. Mike Craddy will be on the show. He'll be telling you what the gonna, what's going to happen with the Bruins, what's going to happen with the Canucks, what's going to happen with the Canadians, what's going to happen with the Seattle Kraken. He's going to tell you everything. And Jake will be there telling you stuff too, but it just might not be about hockey. Stories. He'll be telling you stories, yeah. Once upon a time. I'll tuck you in at night. Once upon a time, I moved from Norton down to Weymouth. Oh, yeah, no, he'll be telling you stories. All right, we'll see you guys next week. For week 58, Tom Brady against the Patriots, Sunday night football. Can't miss it. Goodbye. Goodbye.